Welcome, everyone. It's so good to see so many of you here on the first. Uh, we'd made it. Another lap around the sun. Welcome to 2023. This is pretty exciting. It's my first time in 2023. Um, so my name is uh, Kyle, and it is an absolute joy to speak the first message of the year for you guys. Um, we get to we get to sort of set the tone for the year from the the first message and. Yeah, we've got a, a short series that we're going to be going through in January called Time with God. And it's really just a, a series uh, based around spending some time sitting and reflecting, reading God's Word, praying, listening to God. And it, it's a chance for the, the, the speakers or the preachers of this series to, to share a bit of what God has been speaking to them in a, a personal way and hopefully as an encouragement uh, for you as you, you listen to what God has been sharing and we believe that, you know, God will continue to speak to us and continue to speak to you throughout the course of this year. Um, it's a, it's a, a simple series in the, in the sense that it's not something that is just uh, this idea of, of spending time with God isn't just reserved for the people, I guess, up the front who, are, who get the, the responsibility and privilege of sharing God's word. But uh, spending time with God is something that we all can do. Um, and hearing from God is something that all of us can experience, something that we can all be a part of. God can minister to each and every one of us. And so I really hope that as this series goes on, that you are encouraged to, in your own devotions or in your, your family or as you parent or uh, however it looks, that you actually start actively pursuing spending time with God and listening to God, uh, meditating on his word and, and just seeing what he has to share with you this year. Because I, I'm certain that God has something on his heart for you this year. And so this series, uh, uh, Spending Time with God or Time with God, um, is, yeah, a, a bit of a series from the heart of the speakers. Um, it's pretty exciting that, you know, as we, as we dig into the Bible, that we, we get a chance to actually hear from God. Um, the Bible is this, uh, this living document. It is uh, relevant as when it was written as it is now, and it is a, a life-changing and life-altering Document and it's just fantastic that we get to dig into it. Second um, Timothy in chapter three. Second Timothy. Second uh, Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three tells us that all Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so, how good and how beautiful is it that God continues to speak to us through His Word? Uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, even through other believers as we, as we meet together uh, and we talk with each other and we meet with each other. And um, actually, today's message uh, actually started as a very brief conversation that I had with one of the members of this church out in the, the foyer. Um, and I guess that is a bit of a warning to let you know that no conversations are safe um, from being used as sermon material. Um, I'm just waiting until my parents no longer watch the live stream before I can start using all my conversations with my parents as sermon material. Uh, so I'm just storing those ones up in the bank until such time. But uh, the conversation that happened out in the foyer was just a short one, but the phrase, a quickening spirit, was used. Um, and it's a phrase that I remember hearing back in the day, a long, long time ago, and I hadn't heard it for a very long time. And at the time, I couldn't quite figure out what it meant, but it definitely rang some bells. And so I had to go home and I had to, you know, uh, get out the Google machine and do a bit of reading on it. And the most common passage for the phrase, a quickening spirit, uh, came from John 6. And uh, you'll have to go back all the way back to the King James Version to hear the words. But John 6, 
63 says, It is the quickening, oh, sorry, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are the spirit and they are life. And then also in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. And so this started uh, me reading uh, about the, the meaning behind the phrase, a quickening spirit, or a spirit that quickeneth. Um, and the most basic meaning is that it simply means a life-giving spirit. And for whatever reason, this, this phrase sort of just stuck in my head uh, as the week went on. And I guess it sort of rattled around inside me, and I feel like it is going to be an important phrase for 2023, to have a spirit within you that is a life-giving spirit, uh, especially after the last couple years, you know. I feel like it's been so easy to sort of move back a bit and to make our space just a little bit smaller, to, uh, to keep things close to your chest and sort of um, step away from from community groups and disappear from friendship circles and, and social settings and to actually just start pulling away. Like, I feel like it's getting easier and easier to sort of shrink back within yourself. And I think the idea of a person or being a person with a life-giving spirit might just be what we need for this year. And, and as I, I read those verses about or this idea of this life-giving spirit... Um, it reminded me of a passage that we went through with the Emerge Campus Ministry last year, and which will be the main text that I, I share from today. And so I opened my Bible to Romans 8. And as I opened my Bible, I realized this is my Bible up here. Um, I realized that Romans 8 was a really popular verse uh, passage for me, but none of the chapters on either side have any notes at all. So I've just been, if you ask me about Romans 8, I'll know a sum. If you ask me about Romans 7 or 9, I'll know nothing. So it's just Romans 8 is the one that I seem to keep going back to. But that is the passage that we're going to be speaking from today. So if you want to join me, we're going to be reading the first 12 verses of Romans 8. And it says this. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body, like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, let your, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of the living God in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. But Christ, oh, And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit, God, uh, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives within you. 
And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living in you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for for you. I just want to thank you that you have given us all that are sitting here uh, an opportunity to commune with you and to enjoy your presence. As the new year rolls around, uh, more opportunities are available for us to listen to your word, to listen to your voice, and to say yes what you are calling us to do. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would not take each day and each new year for granted, Lord, but we would take it Um, as an opportunity to serve you, to bring you glory, to listen to your voice, to follow your prompting. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that 2023 would be a year where we can each say confidently that we heard you more, we followed you better, and we fell in love with you even more. So Lord, we thank you for you, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for all that you will do this year. Amen. So, I guess the first thing that I I wanted to to share with you comes from from verse 6. And it says this, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And as I was reading this, I was struck by this not-so-hidden truth that there is a difference between being alive and producing life. Uh, Like any person who is reading this verse, or any person who is listening to my sultry tones, is currently alive, whether they believe in Jesus or not. They are technically alive. But there is a difference between being alive and letting the Spirit lead you to life. Uh, There is a difference between just being alive and having a life-giving, a life-producing Spirit. Sort of like there's a difference between not being in trouble and having peace in your life. Uh, There's a difference between being in a relationship and being in love. There's a difference between having enough food to eat and being full. There is a difference between being alive and having a life-giving spirit. There's uh, a difference between those things. And I was thinking uh, about um, our good friend uh, William Ting. He's up on stage and he's singing this today. Uh, You may know him as one of our lovely singers and also a leader at Emerge Youth. Oh, hey, William Ting. I'm using you as an illustration in my sermon. <laughs> Who's going to be next? <laughs> um, but, you know, I was, I was thinking, I was reading this passage, and, and I thought about my, my good friend William, and I thought, he's life-giving. In fact, I came in this morning, and we started talking, and then I had to go get something from my car, and he followed me the whole way to my car and back in and spoke to me the whole time. And it was, you know, life-giving doesn't mean that you're just, like, confident and extrovert. You don't have to be confident and extra life. He asks questions about me. He remembers things about me. Actuation, because he is in that situation. Other people feel like they matter when they are around him. Life is being given to people through his actions and his words. Life is being brought into a situation through him. And it reminds me of this passage in Ephesians 5 where it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ, offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So imitate Christ. Uh, Imitate God. Live like Christ. God is a life-giving God. Jesus lived a life-giving life. What does it look to imitate that? 
Uh, sure, you can be present. Sure, your body can physically be here. But we are called to be more than just present. And we are called to be more than just alive. We are called to be involved. And we are called to be life-giving. And I, I know you can probably think about situations where you, you sort of just phone it in. Uh, you know, when you, you sort of rock up, but you have no intention, you've already pre-planned it, you have no intention to actually be a contributor of any sort, you just plan to be another, this is where my mind goes, uh, I'm not sure how many of you have seen that wonderful old movie series, Blade, Trinity, and there's a scene at the very end of the movie where the main character, Blade, um, played by Wesley Snipes, is lying on a table. He's meant to be, he's meant to be dead. Uh, spoilers are coming up. Um, but so in the movie, he's lying on the table in the morgue, and the camera is sort of like positioned right above his head, and just his head is in shot, and his eyes are closed. The movie is about to finish. His eyes open. And it turns out the main character, Blade, is not dead. So that's what happens in the movie. But what happened in real life is the actor, Wesley Snipes, was having a fight with the director, and he didn't want to open his eyes. And so he just laid there on the table and him for a few minutes. And in post-edit, they had to digitally put his eyeballs opening because Wesley Snipes would not open his eyes for the director. They'd had, they'd had a fight, and so he laid on a table while they filmed him and would not open his eyes. And I could not think of a more apt example of someone being present but not contributing, like someone being there and alive but not being life-giving. The fact that he would not even open his eyes to finish off the movie that he's the main character in for three movies. And I, I was just thinking, like, you know, we, we, we go to family dinners, and, like, how many times do you go to your weekly or your fortnightly or your monthly family dinner and you refuse to open your eyes? You know, you're sort of just there lying on the table and conversations are happening, but you're like, you know, no, I'm not going to open my eyes for this. Or you're at life group and you rock up because you sort of feel obliged to because you're a Christian and all that. But, you know, you're like, well, I'm not opening my eyes for this. You know, you guys are getting, you guys are going to have to CGI that in because I'm not participating. Or you go to your, your work meeting, you're like, no, not opening my eyes for this. Or you go to your school catch-ups. You know that you are not bringing life into these situations. Like, you know it. And so I'm politely suggesting that maybe as 2023 rolls around, that this is the year that you decide to bring life with you. Let's change that narrative and move from, from just not just being alive, but actually being a life-giving presence. Moving from being present and just phoning it in, and then stepping into a place of contribution and an active participant of the situations that we are in. And I think you will find that it will have a profound effect on you and the people around you. Uh, verse 4 says this. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Um, I was on Facebook the other day and scrolling, and I happened to come across an interaction between a good friend of mine and a stranger online. And uh, my friend is the sole owner of a small business. He, he he runs a small business, and he's like one of the only staff on board of it. He owns it and runs it and does everything part of it. And um, there's a few Facebook pages that are dedicated to his business. Like, there's fans of his business, and so they've got their own, like, fan pages. And so I guess he pops in and checks them out. And in this interaction that I saw on Facebook, there's this uh, fan page 
dedicated to his business, and a lady had bought his product. Uh, the product that he sells, they bought his product. And she had gone to give it to a family member, and I can't remember exactly whether the family member didn't want it or the family member already had it, but for whatever reason, she didn't need it, and she was trying to sell it to the other people on that Facebook group, and so she was offering it at a discounted price, saying, hey, page one at a discounted price. And my friend that product saw this lady, and he replied to her, and he told, and I'll, ref I'll, I'll take it back, and I'll give you a, a full refund. And it was just sort of this throwaway little, you know, conversation. Saying like, hey, just send it back to me, and I'll give you a full refund, which is more than what the lady was asking for, as she was selling it. And my, I was just thinking about this idea that, and my, I was just thinking about this idea that this happened uh, the week before Christmas. So it was the week before Christmas when all your expenses are coming in, and he is the sole owner of a small business coming out of COVID, and his business requires people to congregate together to actually use his product. Uh, he has a large family, and he is the sole breadwinner of the family, and he is offering to give money back to a woman who has bought his product and no longer wants it. And he didn't think much of it, but I definitely did. And I couldn't get that interaction out of my head. And I ended up messaging him to tell him, and I sent him this really, really long message to tell him like, how much it meant to me and how much it hit me, and his response was, ha ha, you're funny. But um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm pouring my heart out here. <laughs> but like, like, I was just like, like he's, a, he's a devout Christian, like he, he's a devout follower of, of Jesus. And I couldn't help but think that this interaction to me showed me the difference between following a sinful nature and following the spirit. Uh, like following a nature that is, I guess, born out of fear and, and born out of greed and born out of want versus following a nature that is driven by life and peace. Following a nature that tells you that you do not have to hang on to every dollar you possibly can. Following a nature that says it's okay to choose sacrifice in order to bless someone else. A stranger on the internet who made a mistake and he was willing to give money out of his own pocket to help fix it. And I, I guess I was wondering, like, how many times have I seen something that I could do, even though I don't have to do it? I've seen something that I could do, even though I don't have to do it. And how many times have I let that situation slip by? How many times have I felt the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life and chosen to dampen it? How many times have I seen a way to bring life? How many times have I seen a way to bring peace into a situation, even though it wasn't expected of me? And what did I choose to do with those opportunities? Um, I often tell my kids, you know, you get to choose to be kind or rude. Like, it doesn't matter how you feel, you have a choice to be kind and you have a choice to be rude. And it's like that with all of us. Life is constantly giving us opportunities to choose to bring life or to sit back and just be alive. Uh, whether you're happy or sad, whether you're busy or relaxed, uh, whether you're living comfortably or financially stretched, you have a choice whether to just be alive or to just be present or to be a life-giving spirit. The last point that I wanted to share from this passage comes from verse 12. It says this, 
Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. In some other versions it says uh, you have no debt to sin in some capacity. Or in other words, I guess the way I was reading it is that life isn't math. Um, Like, as in, this situation doesn't have to equal this assumed response. It's not, life isn't a zero-sum game where there has to be one winner and there has to be one loser. Like, someone pushing me does not have to equal me pushing them back. Um, You know, someone cutting me off in traffic does not have to equal me tailgating them and giving them a few cheeky honks and some sign language, you know? I don't know many words, but the words I know, people understand. But like, you know, someone being rude to me or, or speaking behind my back or, or being ungrateful or, or putting me down doesn't have to equal a similar response from me to them. Life isn't math. I'm not obligated to do what my sinful nature urges me to do. A bad experience doesn't have to equal a bad review. A rude interaction doesn't have to equal a broken relationship. Um, I was at my, my parents' house following the days, uh, the days following Christmas this year, and my dad and I started watching a documentary called 137 Shots. Um, it's called 137 Shots because that's how many shots were fired Uh, That's how many bullets were shot at an unarmed man and his passenger after his car backfired near some police. Um, And the police assumed that they were being shot at, and so they retaliated with 137 shots into the vehicle. And there is this interview with uh, the spokesperson, or she was a family member, but she's the designated spokesperson for the larger family. And in one point in the interview, she speaks and she says, we believe in the power of prayer, and we know that God will right all wrongs. And I couldn't help but think, like how freeing that must feel. Like how freeing it must feel to truly believe that is real. Like how freeing it must be to not feel like you have to respond and retaliate to every slight against you. How freeing must that be? How freeing it must be to live in the freedom to speak life and to bring peace into a situation that might not be a peaceful situation. Can you imagine how much burden you could actually loose off yourself if we lived this way? And this passage reminded me of Galatians 5, and it says, You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, 
you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. And then down to verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There are no laws against these things. And so we can choose to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. When we choose to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives, it changes how we operate. It changes what we bring into situations and it changes what we bring into relationships. When you read your Bible and you start seeing the connecting dots between God's living word and the the circumstances circumstances in your your life, life, that is is an opportunity to bring a life-giving spirit into that space. We, we don't instinctively bring life and peace into situations. Because of our sinful nature, it is not a born instinct in our life. It's not our natural lean. It's not how we naturally operate if we are left to our own devices. It is actually the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that brings life. The Holy Spirit creates a life-giving spirit within us that shows the love in the presence of bitterness. It shows joy in the presence of loss. It shows peace in the presence of injustice. It shows patience in the presence of demands. It shows kindness in the presence of pride. And so 2023 is an open opportunity for you to reset your mindset and reset your response to life. 2023 is a chance to to break off the sinful nature that has so enslaved us, that has kept you burdened, because some of you have been kept burdened by that sinful nature. 2023 is a chance to live life and to live in freedom, not just being present in your family life, not just being present in your friendship group, not just being present in your life group, not just being present in your life, uh, your workspace, not just being present in the midst of loss and hardship, not just being present in the midst of stress and anxiety, but to actually bring life into those spaces and to bring peace into those spaces. If you are willing to let go of the urges of sin and choose to bring blessing and peace into the lives of others, Uh, Like, I wonder what would change in your life if you stopped looking through the lens, or stopped looking through, uh, yeah, the lens of following the obligations of your flesh. And realize that life is not just this zero-sum game, that you actually get to choose how you respond to life. You get to choose how you respond to things that happen to you. you. You get to choose whether you retaliate or not. And I wonder what would change in your life if you knew the freedom that comes from living with the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Maybe if the team wants to join me. And I would love to encourage you to make a determination to make 2023 different. The new year is just this arbitrary thing. It's just another 24 hours that follows the previous 24 hours. But there's something special about it. I think Pastor Chi has spoken about in the past about this idea that it's great that we actually are created to need sleep because it's almost like a reset. Like the one day ends and a new day begins. One year ends and a new year begins. And so I wonder if you would challenge yourself 
to humble yourself and let the Holy Spirit minister through you. To actually let go of the urges of sin, the burden of sin, and to start speaking life into the situations around you. If you would make a determination to make 2023 a year of a quickening spirit, a life-giving spirit, because who knows what can happen when a person filled with the spirit of life shows up, determined to showcase life-giving spirit to the people around them. I think it has the power to change a lot of people's lives. And you get to choose to step into that this year. Can I pray for you? Yes. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are the spirit of life. Lord, we thank you that you are a creator God. Lord, I thank you that while we were dead in our trespasses and sin, you stepped into this world to bring life to us. And Lord, I pray that we would follow the conviction of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would not just be uh, present, that we would not be just alive, but Lord, that we would be active, that we would be initiating, that we would be life-giving people, that we would have a life-giving spirit, a quickening spirit in all the spaces that we enter into. Lord, I pray that we would choose to bring life and peace to the situations that we find ourselves in. Lord, I pray that we would choose our response and it would not be to follow the urges of our sinful nature, but it would be to listen to the calling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would lay ourselves down and that we would pick up you. Lord, I pray that as 2023 rolls along, that there'll be less of us and more of you present. Lord, I pray that we would be agents of change because you have changed us. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We open up ourselves before you and ask that you would be the driver and the initiator. Lord, we thank you that uh, the spirit, or the power of life only comes through you and only comes through the Spirit. And so we go to the source of life. We go to the source of peace. And Lord, we ask that you would fill us and send us out. We pray these things in your mighty and powerful name. Amen.